you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Welcome back to Podiatry Marketing. I'm your host, Jim McDonald. It's almost been an entire year of you guys listening to these podcasts, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tyson Franklin. Tyson, how are you doing today, my friend? Good morning, Jim. I'm great. I can't believe, hasn't the year gone fast? I know. It's December, and I'm trying to figure out whether you're when, to be honest. Yeah, it's. I think it's one of those things because of you know, post-COVID and, and people being able to get out and travel a little bit more. I think it's just become a really, really busy year. And so the year's just moved along really, really fast. So, yeah, I, I, I like, I love this time of the year, though. I just, for you, because we're complete different climates, too. For me, it's nice <laughs> and sunny, it's warm, people go to the beaches and swimming, and you would be uh, covered in snow. Snowmen, uh, ice skating, you know, occasional some skiing. So, yeah, definitely uh, different, different parts of the world, but at the same time, uh, sharing a, a similar thoughts and a similar mind when it comes to marketing podiatry practice. So um, what are we going to jump into today, by the way? What's the uh, topic uh, of the day? Today's topic is identify your team's superpowers. And and what I mean by that is you, you're profiling like every team member has superpowers and you, you need to actually make them part of your your marketing strategy. And the reason why I think this is, is really important is if you think of if you've ever watched a superhero show, which I'm sure you have, who's your favorite superhero, by the way, before I get on to this point? I'd probably go Batman. Uh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Mine's Captain America. He's my uh, favorite superhero. I've got, he's sitting around up here on my desk somewhere. And so when you think of most superheroes, and that's a good contrast, actually, is superheroes who have their powers hidden are usually frustrated. So you think of most of the superheroes who have to keep their identity hidden and can't just burst out with their powers whenever they feel like it are normally very, very frustrated because something will be happening and they're sitting there going, oh, shit, you know, I just want to rip my gear off and dive over there and do something. But all of a sudden, everyone will find out it's me and they get really frustrated. The superheroes who don't hide their superpowers are usually much happier, such as Captain America. Everyone knew who Captain America was. He was not a hidden superhero. He was out there for everybody to see and he was actually a very happy superhero i think that applies which is really good i'm glad you picked one who was definitely hidden like batman my god hasn't he become grumpy over the years <laughs> yeah there's something about bruce wayne who's kind of a uh, obviously he has all these toys he's rich but he's uh he's probably the most disgruntled of all the superheroes i would say so it's, it's funny we have kind of the uh op- opposite taste in superheroes yeah so i like the happy ones but so if you think of superheroes, the ones that are hidden, frustrated, the ones that are actually out there that everybody knows who they are, are not frustrated. And I think every team member has some form of superpower. And if they keep that hidden and don't get the ability, don't get a chance to actually share that in your business, they can get very, very frustrated. And you might find that might be why they leave. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great point. Um, how would you go about uh, looking for those kind of hidden superpowers. What are the, some of the ways that you, uh, when you were previously, you know, owning your own practice, uh, what would you do to unearth the, those super, super, uh, those different superpowers on your staff? Well, the interesting part, sometimes you can sit back. So there's two parts to it. One is the whole marketing side of your business that they might be, they might be good at blog writing or video editing. And you can actually ask them these questions. Oh, what, yeah, do you like to write? So if I worked for somebody, wouldn't matter what the, the job had been. Even when I was a, a kid at school, I loved writing. I loved writing 
you know, crazy stories. So if somebody had come up to me, no matter what job, and said, hey, Tyson, do you like to write? I would have said, yes, I do. That is one of my superpowers. I don't get tired when I write. I can write about any topic at any time. So, and video editing. I love video editing. I didn't realize how much fun it is. I love uh, audio editing. Yeah, it's, of course, because we do the, the podcast. But I think if you ask your staff, do they, is, have they got a skill in social media? Are they good at graphic design? Well, we had a girl, one of the girls that worked with me, uh, Sam, she was right into, oh, what are they called? You know, like making cards, like gift cards and things like that. So we use that skill. She used to create these Christmas bauble things for us that we would put on our, um, our Christmas tree. She would make up cards that we would hand out to professional referrers. And she loved doing it. And that, her superpower of being able to do that was an asset to our clinic. I mean, that, that's hugely important. I think you said, like, kind of tapping into those different strengths and experiences that people have that are already on your staff can be huge. I know that whenever I'm talking with a clinic about marketing um, or, you know, trying to kind of get buy-in into the marketing plan of the folks, you know, one of the most important people to me is that front, front desk person. Yeah. Because there's such a, a such a test touch point for that clinic um, when the patient enters the clinic, that's kind of the first voice they hear, the first greeting they have. But also at the end of the clinic visit, they can be a huge important as far as helping gather some feedback and things. So having you know the right people in the right roles along with certain skills can be hugely important, I think. Yeah, because you've got all those like, behind, this, the, behind the scenes skills, like the blog writing, video editing, audio, doing graphic posting your social media. But it is that person who's at your front counter who greets the patients coming in, that is all part of your marketing. It's all, it's all part of the systems of your clinic. Sometimes I've seen clinics, but I think they have the wrong person at the front and the wrong person at the back. The person at the back who is really big smile on the face and groomed well are the people that should be at the front. And the grouchy person who may be very efficient with the crunching numbers, hide them out the back because they're the ones that actually scare your patients. No, for sure. That's a great point. So being being quite social, I think, is a is a social is a is a superpower that people don't realise. But I've got a list of other things that may or may not relate to marketing. Well, actually, to go back to the marketing side of things, the question they asked me, how do you find out about this? Is ask your staff, what do you like doing, yeah, in your spare time? And sometimes that will give you a hint of. What you know, what skills they'll have. So Sam that I was talking about was creative doing these cards. She also used to have these like adult coloring in books, not nude pictures or nothing like that. Jim, get that out of your head. Tell by that look <laughs> on your face. Uh, <laughs> but they're like adult coloring in books. I didn't know they existed. But they had these special pens and they would color them in really fine detail until at the end it was this beautiful picture. That was what she did in her spare time. So obviously there was a big signal there that she loves that whole creative side of things. So I really tapped into that. I think one other aspect of that that's really important too is like you said, um, it's, it's kind of what skills or what interests do they have and then which way, what are the ways that you can nurture them as the clinic owner, right? They don't necessarily have to be like a social media master or a video editing master, but if you can kind of help nur you know nurture them along the course, whether it's you know an online course that you can kind of reimburse for them or find some ways to kind of grow into these roles, I think that's where a real opportunity is because I see a lot of clinics that have, like you talked about, staff that kind of knows how to do certain things or thinks it's interesting, but when you kind of give them a bridge to expand their knowledge and expand their ability to help your practice, I think that's one area that people the people that own clinics can really um, 
you know, really skill up on their staff to really kind of help really take their practice to the next level is just kind of improving uh, the skills and knowledge of their staff. Yeah, I remember walking into someone's clinic once, it was a friend of mine, we're in there talking away and he had these two staff members there. And he said, oh yeah, this is Mary. And Mary's about you know, 21. She's our social media person. I said, oh, okay, hey, Mary, how are you doing? We're talking away. And then, oh, and this is uh, Barbara. Yeah, Barbara's 45 and does all this other stuff. So as I'm talking to Mary, we were talking about social media. She goes, oh God, I can't stand social media. I said, what do you mean? She goes, I hate it. She goes, I, hate, I, I avoid it like the plague in my personal life. I've never been a fan of it. I said, but you're the social media person for the clinic. Oh, he gave it to me because I'm the youngest. So he just assumed because they were young that they were all over social media. Whereas Barbara, the 45-year-old, she spent half her life on social outside of work. She was always on social media, using the platforms, shooting her own videos, posting them up there for friends, putting up recipes. And I said to my friend, Barbara needs to be your social media person, not yet yeah, not the other person. And as soon as he made that switch, I went, ah, yeah, he made the made the the role fit who they were. No, it makes total sense. Which is why I think you just got to ask them the questions. But there's other things in your business which I think are superpowers that not necessarily marketing, but I still think fit in there. One could be you might have a particular podiatrist that may be better at presenting uh, treatment plans, for example. Now, how you present a treatment plan to me is part of your communication, part of your marketing. So you may have someone who's just, that is their superpower. They're really good at presenting treatment plans. Can they teach that superpower to somebody else? I always think if you've got someone that's got a really good skill, it's really important that we all learn from each other as well. So if somebody's good at video editing, instead of just only one person in your business being really good at that, over a period of time, I think you should get them to try and help a bit of a skill transfer to some other people. So if that person leaves, you're not left in the lurch. Well, well, I've got 15 videos here unedited, and now I'm sitting there, everyone's just sitting around looking at each other, and the videos never get posted. No, that's a great point. I think another aspect of that too is practice promotion or public speaking yeah you know maybe you have an maybe you have an associate who is on a debate team or just is very comfortable you know is it maybe had a couple of broadcasting classes in university and they feel very comfortable in front of the camera they communicate well uh and they can get on radio or tv or then you know right in those maybe those places where you want to get more patients from uh, and present different topics and then like you said it's not about them just going out and doing those things, but if you have other associates or other people on staff that could be uh, could learn from that person, it could you know glean some of that confidence, some of those best practices about how to speak in public or in front of a camera or on a microphone. I think those are things that you said, just like this kind of cross-functional, um, like kind of inter-clinic um, learning can be a huge aspect of things. So you don't be left in the lurch if that person decides to you know, open up a, a practice across the state or they end up leaving your practice. So, Yeah, I definitely think the public speaking is huge because you could have four podiatrists working for you. If you said to them, who here likes public speaking? There might be three that just do not like it and you've got one who is an absolute natural at doing it. So when I think of my daughter, for example, and I was telling her about going through high school, yeah, primary school, high school, university, never doing it, getting up, doing a talk, petrified to do public speaking. And she just looks at me and goes, why? It's not going to kill you. <laughs> just get up there and say what you've got to say and then sit back down. How hard is it? So someone like her working in a business and you've got the owners of the business who don't like public speaking, well, straight away, if you've employed someone who loves public speaking and who has no fear of it, that is a massive asset uh, to the business. 
No, for sure. That, that voice out there in the community, um, you know, speaking to the people and being visible is a hu- huge benefit to the practice. So a couple of other things that I, I think are superpowers that are probably overlooked could be yeah, even to the point of dealing with difficult patients. You have a patient that is a little bit difficult and you may have someone in your team who has that skill that knows how to talk someone down off the cliff. Yeah, or when, when emotions are high, they just have that mannerism that is really good. So if you've got someone like that, that represents your clinic, and then there is a bit of an issue, is make sure that person is involved in that. And you get somebody else who, say, could be like me, who could sometimes be a little bit hot-headed. I'm the last person you want negotiating with terrorists. <laughs> I mean, you, you seem pretty level-headed to me. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I guess I've stayed mostly on your good side, so I don't know uh, what would happen if I if I tend over to the other side and get on your last nerve. But I think it's a good point, though, because I think there are times, you know, people, different people handle stress in different ways. Some mm. people get very defensive. Some people get combative. But other people are able to kind of maintain their calm, you know, see the kind of the situation from the other person's point of view and maybe not necessarily like cave into that person, but at the same time, make that person, uh, that difficult patient, uh, feel like they've been heard. Sometimes that's what all they want. They just want somebody to listen to them. Um, But it can be difficult, right? If you're, if they're blaming or they're kind of being extremely negative towards you to really like be able to listen to them at the same time is not an easy skill or task to, uh, to, to pick up on. So I think you said like, you know, having either working on yourself, but also having someone on your staff who is kind of the go-to person to deal with, you know, I know that sometimes people will get a negative review, right? And, um, you know, how do we deal with this? It's, you know, like a four alarm fire. Um, but it's one of those things where if you just address it head on, you keep a cool, collected uh, manner about yourself, don't get too defensive, um, not cave, but also listen to them. Um, it can it can make a huge difference between, you know, what's uh, kind of devolves into kind of something that's settled very peacefully and calmly versus a potential lawsuit or issues <laughs> like that. I remember my wife was our go-to person for, yeah, if somebody was upset about something, she was just... Beautiful mannerism, big smile. Everybody loved her. So we would direct all problems to her. And I remember one particular day, her coming out, just, just, she's lost it. And I'm like, my God, <laughs> if, if they were able to push her buttons and get her all fired up. And I remember her coming in after and she goes, you were so glad that you did not have to deal with them. We, the police would have been called. They said they, <laughs> they were just so unreasonable. But I think another uh, superpower that some people have that other people don't is recommending and selling retail products in your business. Yeah, if you have a business that has a large retail uh, side of things, it may even have a large number of footwear in your clinic, you can have certain team members that are just naturally gifted at being able to talk to the yeah, someone off the street, especially footwear that, that comes in, finds out what their needs are, be able to fit something and sell them a pair of shoes and then also yeah, the foot, the shoe care products that go with it and maybe a second pair of shoes. Some people are just naturally better at doing it. And it's not that you're trying to sell something that people don't need. They just have a mannerism and a way of actually doing it. If you've got someone like that in your team, tap into it and, and make sure you've got them in the right position. Yeah, it's sometimes just a, it's sometimes just a matter of getting reputi- repetitions in, having a little bit of some guidance or some feedback from uh, someone who's good at it. But I think, like you said, it's these people kind of connect the dots, right? Like, 
I remember when I worked in a running shoe store, for example, you know, like you'd look at someone's shoes, wondering how much they're training, you know, and if it made sense for them to get an orthotic or, you know, they were concerned about how much their feet sweat, you know, some products to help them, you know, listening to them during that whole sales cycle or during the whole appointment can really help lead you down the path as far as what they need or what, what might be right for them, whether that's you know, some type of insole or an additional pair of shoes. It's really listening to the person and kind of putting those options in front of them in a timely and helpful manner is that, you know, if you're doing it that way, it feels less like a sale and more like you're just providing more options to the patient. And I think if you go right back to the beginning of when you're first interviewing your, you know, the new team member is asking the right questions and really digging into their, their work history and what they've done before prior to say it was a podiatry going to employed prior to them even starting podiatry what did they do through high school as part-time jobs what did they do when they were at university then you know once they've graduated they're a podiatrist but what do they do in their spare time what do they do on weekends these are really important keys to find out what they like doing so you may have a newsletter for example your newsletter you know, comes out on a monthly basis and and we've spoken about that before but you have a podiatrist who has a special interest in smoking meat. You have them do an article on once a month about smoking meat. You're going to have a certain amount of patients that are going to go, wow, that was really, really interesting. To me, that's being able to smoke meat, that is now a superpower of that podiatrist, that you can use that in your business as part of your newsletter. Then you have another one of your receptionists, or it could be another podiatrist who's awesome at putting newsletters together. He's quite creative, can make things look good. You start bringing these superpowers together, and next minute you've got the Fantastic Four, who once again <laughs> did not hide their superpowers and were all happy. <laughs> I would probably go with the Avengers, but if Fantastic Four is a solid group as well. They but, are uh, a solid group. I love the Fantastic Four. I didn't realize, <laughs> I remember when we got Color TV, and everyone's going, my God, you were, you were around before Color TV? Yes, I was. I remember when we got Color TV, and the first TV show I saw that I used to watch in black and white all the time and went to Color was the Fantastic Four. One, I didn't know they were blue, and I didn't realize <laughs> that uh, Ben, the rock guy, was orange. <laughs> it blew me away. But anyway. Now, the teamwork, the teamwork aspect of things that really helps multiply, like you said, you know, kind of making that personal connection with the smoked meat. Also, you know, like having people with those different skills, blog writing, newsletters, and just combining those superpowers together can really help multiply um, productivity and just opportunities for, the, for your practice. Well, Stephen, you, you might have a patient comes in that has a young child, a baby, and the baby's not settled. You will, if you've got a team member who is fantastic with little kids or fantastic with babies, oh, that is a massive superpower. That they can have a baby crying, the other thing is hold the baby, oh, yes, you'll be okay. And and all of a sudden the baby settles down, and you can see the look on the on the patient's face, like I have come to the right place, because these people actually care about my children or keeping them entertained. So I think it's just such an important thing. Dig down into your team, find out all the superpowers and then create this massive team, whether they're the Avengers, the you know, the Fantastic Four. Yeah, we, well, I told you because my clinic used to be, this is how, why we tapped into the super whole superhero. It's because my clinic was themed with superheroes. There you go. So instead of having consultation room one, two, three, four, five, we had Superman room, Spider-Man room, and, and each room is slightly themed with each of those characters. And our orthotic lab was Professor X. The uh, bathroom door, you know, the toilet door, uh, had Thor's hammer on there, the God of Thunder, because we thought that was appropriate. 
our staff room is the back cave and well, it makes it makes sense now that hemsworth is uh thor uh hemsworth is australian right so he is and my wife's office was uh, wonder woman and my <laughs> office because her number the patients didn't really see too much was the invisible man there you go it, it was great because you would have people coming in and because of that and that was how we tapped into once because i love superheroes i thought i'm going to theme the clinic superheroes and then they started tapping and what is the superhero what are the superhero powers of my staff and we sort of built on it from there and it's fun yeah no it makes sense i think one aspect that we talked about a little bit earlier but i think it is a a, a huge potential for growth within a practice right so let's say you're developing somebody some of these skills you're helping them upskill but also this could be something that you know maybe you've you've had an outside marketing agency or you followed a marketing plan from someone else but over the course of five ten years if you upskill one of your staff to have all of the skills you need to kind of have an in-house marketing person. Maybe they started off as half-time clinical assistant, half-time marketing. There's a lot of different ways to grow your practice and really invest in these individuals mm. uh, in your practice. I think that's something that, yeah, you can just give them some coursework or some online courses, but you know, if someone really has a, a the strong will and determination um, to become that marketing coordinator in your practice, or like you said, like a customer service representative, where they're going out, maybe even talking to different clinics or different groups on behalf of your clinic. These are things that can be built up over time as you invest in these people, um, and they can pay dividends, I think. Yeah, well, that's what we had. We had the uh, community and patient relations manager, which is what we called them. That was their title. And they were pretty much our marketing assistant. They sort of did a lot of, because I loved the marketing, they were sort of my assistant. And we did, we had them dropping off hand delivering reports. And Sam, who I mentioned earlier on, was our patient and community relations manager. She started as a receptionist and then moved away through from that. And then once I identified what her skills were, and she was so good with people, that I realized she would be perfect for this role. So we created this role and, and it just grew and built from there. And totally changed your clinic once you have somebody who, who is filling that position. You get so much more done. Now, that's a great example. I think that's a huge opportunity that um, it takes time to develop. It takes patience, but I think it can pay off big time for people that are willing to, uh, to kind of develop those folks. What everybody needs to do is sit down, look at your team, have a meeting with them and ask them as a group, what are your superpowers? And everybody has a superpower. They just, if someone says, I don't have any, then they probably shouldn't be part of your team. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's great advice. I mean, I think, uh, one superpower that all of our listeners can do if they've been enjoying the podcast, we would love um, an iTunes rating or review. Oh, yeah. It would mean a lot to Tyson and me. It's, you know, it's not invisibility or um, the ability to fly or shoot lasers out of your eyes, but uh, you know, a nice star rating or a, a written review on iTunes would be much appreciated by Tyson and myself. Yeah, and it would be a great Christmas gift for us. So if you're thinking about, wow, I've been listening to Jim and Tyson all year and I would love to give them something for Christmas and you don't have our address, all you need to do is go to iTunes, give us a rating and review and that'll put a huge smile on our face. That sounds great, Tyson. Okay, good talking to you, Jim, and I look forward to talking to you next week as we get closer to Christmas. Sounds great, Tyson. Bye okay, now. bye. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.